You're listening to TIP. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this Wednesday's release of the Bitcoin Fundamentals podcast. On today's show, I have a real builder and Bitcoin engineer with Andre Nevis. Andre is the co-founder and CTO at Zebedee. Zebedee is a company that lets developers make turnkey financial transactions native to their apps and games. So instead of fake Mario coins in a game, now game developers can use Zebedee's API to make those imaginary coins, now Bitcoin, inside the games. This opens a whole new incentive structure that benefits the consumer and the game developers that's never been possible before because it makes the money completely interoperable with microtransactions and payments with sound money. So with that, here's my chat with the brilliant Andre Neves. You're listening to Bitcoin Fundamentals by The Investors Podcast Network. Now for your host, Preston Pish. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Like I said in the introduction, I'm here with Andre. Andre, this has been a long time coming. I've been watching what you guys have been doing from afar. And wow, there's some serious moves you guys are making in multiple fronts, which we're going to obviously get into on the show here. So welcome to the Investors Podcast. Thanks, Preston. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been a a big fan of TIP in general for many years. It's awesome to be here and, and talking to you. We got a, a short chance to talk when we were down in Orlando, and uh, I was just really impressed with the presentation you had there. So first, let's start off with just talk to people about how you founded your company, what it is, what you were originally trying to accomplish, and then maybe give us just a short overview of maybe how that's evolved through the years. Definitely. And, you know, where business takes you, it sometimes isn't where you originally set off, but I'm curious how that worked out for you guys. Awesome. So let's start at the beginning, right? Zebedee is the name of the company. Uh, we're three co-founders, myself, Andre Nevis, Simon Cowell, and Christian Moss. Uh, and we like to think of us as the three pillars of, of the tripod. So I myself come from the systems and applications development background. I have built software of all kinds and all sizes, from distributed systems to backend applications to front-end and mobile apps. Simon Cowell, our CEO, comes from the financial services background. He was, uh, prior to Zebedee, he was the head of corporate strategy at Bitstamp, which is the largest uh, Bitcoin exchange in Europe. And Chris Moss was actually the first person to put Bitcoin into a video game uh, in early 2013, right? And so uh, the three of us got together and we had uh, very similar ideas and, and paths. I actually, my path was actually coming from the application development side. I was leading uh, many software engineering teams out in New York for a better part of a decade and bit the Bitcoin bug and started learning about Bitcoin. Being originally from Brazil, uh, I learned about Bitcoin on the technology side, not really on the monetary side. Uh, you know, my folks could send me money and I could send them money and it settled instantaneously. So that was sort of the, the part where it bit for me. And then right away, I realized I have to do something with this. The entrepreneurial mind, the driven mind had just said, I have to build something here. And that's what I set out to do. But it, it, you know, it's a little bit more complex than let's build something, right? You need to build a company, you need to raise money and so on. And, you know, as lots of folks in normal jobs, let's call it, my job was great, right? I was a director of engineering at a digital product studio, making decent money, growing my career, but it wasn't challenging and it wasn't transformative. I wanted to have impact. And so I applied and I learned and I discovered and I researched and I, you know, started coding things away in the Bitcoin side of, of things. 
And that's where I discovered Chaincode Labs. So in early 2016, the, with the Lightning Network paper coming out, I really got interested in it, uh, discussed with the Chaincode Labs folks about it, and was one of the 10 invited to participate in the one and only, I believe they haven't run another residency program yet for the Lightning Network. This was in early 2018. In that residency program, you probably would recognize other names like Pierre Rochard, like Jack Mallers, like Alex Bosworth, right? So there was a lot of, of like Rene Picard who ended up writing the Lightning Network book. So all of us were in that, that cohort. And from there, I decided that, you know, Lightning is the future. Bitcoin is definitely the path here. And I believe it was two weeks later, I quit my cushy job and I took the leap, right? It, it was time to take that leap of faith. So I, I, I went down that rabbit hole at that moment. I love that. Your co-founder that programmed it into a game. You said 2012. So this is before any 2013. layer 2013. This is yeah. before any layer two. So what explain Definitely. to us what that was. What did what did he do? So he built a uh, Chris Moss. His handle is Mandelduck online, if you've ever heard of him. He built the very first Bitcoin game in 2013 and he did it with the game Saratobi. And really it was the notion of Bitcoin rewards. You know, uh, he was working at a, at a digital studio, uh, similarly in a different company, and uh, one of the clients wanted him to build a Bitcoin wallet. And in doing that, he got interested in saying, hey, no one's done a Bitcoin game. Maybe I should put, you know, Bitcoin in a game and reward folks. And it was actually a pretty big hit, right? The chain was empty compared to now. So the fees were low and it was more or less okay. Then things changed quite, quite rapidly, actually. Coinbase got involved and started advertising his game and giving him money to give out his rewards. And then fees started spiking. And I think it was a couple of months after he had to shut it down because it was no longer feasible. It cost more to send the reward than it was the reward. And then he said, look, Bitcoin is not it for tiny payments yet. Right. Yeah. And that was 2013, 2014. So people that aren't intimately familiar on the tech. So with layer two, one of the massive advantages is just immediate settlement with practically no fees that you can stream money. And so one of the things that you guys have with your API at Zebedee is people are now creating apps on the app store that you can go and download right now and earn Bitcoin Satoshis as you're playing the game, which is mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. And my immediate thought when I see this model as a business person and I'm looking at it, I'm saying, why aren't these game creators incorporating this more into their games? And, you know, when I have a little kids, they play the games and there's all these ads that are constantly popping up. Mm -hmm. But I would think that you could incentivize people to play the game more if the user, the end, the person playing the game is participating in the revenue being generated from the ads. And so your company is providing this turnkey solution for game designers to incorporate these payments into it. Talk to us about the evolution of like how you guys came up with the idea to do this. When did you start rolling it out? Just walk us through the whole thing. And then, and then I guess at the end of that, I'm really curious on the game theory, whether people like, why is it not taking off yet? Do you think it's just, we're really early or, or some of your ideas on that? Definitely. At the core of Zebedee, we have the Zebedee API, and that's really what powers both our B2B and our B2C arms and products. What you're touching on is our B2B side. So Akin to someone that wants to run a mom and pop shop online and sell, you know, clothes or stickers online, they would go to stripe.com and set up an account and then they can accept dollars. Similarly, anyone, whether you are a store or an operator or an e-commerce or an app developer, 
or a game developer, you could just plug Zebedee APIs, right? It's one API, you have a beautiful developer dashboard, and you're able to move money at the speed of the internet, and you settle money instantaneously, right? Anywhere in the world. And so we started the company in 2019, and there were no providers at the time. We were talking about 2018 was effectively when Lightning Network, Bitcoin's payment network became mainnet, went into mainnet, so everyone could use it in a, in a production environment. And by 2019, there just simply weren't providers that could allow folks outside of Bitcoin to interact with it. The reality is that Bitcoin is very complex. If someone tells you that they understand Bitcoin through and through, that's a lie. No one actually understands all of Bitcoin. And then you add upon all of the other technologies that are adjacent to Bitcoin, such as the Lightning Network, and it becomes even more cumbersome. So it's not an easy technology to get started with. And in my view, being a technologist, a product developer, a product builder, it is inherently, it's very hard to onboard billions of folks into Bitcoin if it is complicated. It needs to be simplified and not just for the consumers. It needs to be simplified for developers. If I tell you, if I tell a developer that in order to interact with Bitcoin, they need to understand all of the intricacies of UTXO management, that is going to go downhill. That is not going to happen. We are not going to get hundreds, thousands, and millions of developers, right? We need to simplify that and abstract that away. Lightning does a great job, whereas Bitcoin is really low level, I would say, layer one. Layer two is a little bit more, I would say, closer to app developers, to to application developers. It's more pay and request and it's simpler, right? And yet in 2019, there weren't any providers, right? And so in order to foster that ecosystem, Zebedee's first product release in 2019 and 2020 were the APIs, right? The, The first version of the developer dashboard and the APIs. And at first, it was very simple request payments, send payments, effectively pay-ins and pay-outs, right? So Mm -hmm. for anyone, anywhere. And then the technology started evolving. And I want to just take a second to, to mention our thesis around the adoption of Bitcoin and Lightning is that it needs to be... Bitcoin comes to you when you are ready for Bitcoin. What I mean by that is the censorship resistance aspect of Bitcoin is important for some folks, not all. The monetary divisibility aspect of Bitcoin of 21 million, and, and you know, that's important to some, not all. The interoperability is important to some, not all. So you need to meet the customer where they're at. Don't come to a game developer selling hard money. That's not going to sell, right? That's not the selling point. The selling point is, uh, here's an interoperable money that you can interact with. And de- instead of having 50 integrations for your payouts in 50 countries, you have one integration for payouts in all countries, right? Like that's the selling point. Increase your KPIs, improve your, uh, decrease your churn, right? So you have to meet the customer where they are. You don't just yell Bitcoin features or, or values, right? And so our thesis was the gaming vertical is ripe for it. This is younger demographic. They are much more in tune with value and points and digital economies. We can talk about Fortnite. We can talk about World of Warcraft. Every single one of these MMORPGs is a multi-billion dollar virtual economy. And there's trading actively occurring in that economy. Zebedee, the D-E-E for Zebedee, stands for Digital Economy Engines. We actually want to power digital economy engines. We want to empower you with solutions, APIs, SDKs, dashboards, so that you can power economy engines yourself, whether you're building an application, a game, or a system. Now back into the gaming side, I think to your point is advertising models and how does that work? You were mentioning that you have kids and they play games and they see lots of ads. What 
What clicked very quickly with our technology when selling this to game developers in early 2020 was by introducing a reward mechanism to users based on the, re- the, the revenue they were getting from ads, they were able to significantly increase retention and significantly decrease churn. So in the video, in the video gaming industry and mobile gaming specifically, we talk about things like D14 and D30, which are effectively once the user signs up, are they still here after 14 days? Are they still here after 30 days? Are they still engaging? And notoriously, that is really low, right? It's effectively what's known as churn. So they sign up, they play for two days, and then they delete it, right? So you want the user to remain here. And what they found is, and I'll I'll cite some examples, but what they found is every single game developer that introduced our platform and our Rewardscape APIs, for example, increased their churn like tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. So first and foremost, we have uh, Thumb Games. Thumb Games has a very, it's an amazing game. It's a very addictive game called Bitcoin Miner. And it's effectively an idle game. It's a hyper-casual game on your phone. And I believe it was four years ago, they released that game, but there were no rewards, right? It was just a normal game with advertisements and it flopped. It was a serious flop. It, it you know, months of months of development for nothing. Then Paul West, who's a CEO of Fum Games, discovered the Zebedee API and said, you know, let's give this a try. After the first month of introducing the rewards API and pushing Bitcoin Miner as a new release again, their day 30 retention went up 1200%. We're talking about a game that had zero use case interest and, you know, yeah. user base. And they introduced one single API and they were giving back tiny portions of their ad revenue. And now they just recently crossed over a million active users. This is mind blowing. This is a, a tiny game that introduced Bitcoin rewards and it exploded. Let's go to a, a bit bigger, right? Uh, Square yeah. Enix, the $6 billion publicly traded company. They're a video game studio. They're most, most known for IPs like Final Fantasy. You probably have heard of them. They also integrated Zebedee on a handful of titles. And on one of the titles called Ludo Zenith, which is a game that they published to, I believe, East Asian countries primarily, it's, it's a game for that, that region. It doubled their revenue by simply introducing a Zebedee API, right? So they effectively, same thing, they introduced the rewards mechanism. And I believe it was 87% increase in their ARP DAO, which is average revenue per daily active user. So we're saying that one API integration, which takes three days to depend, you know, two weeks, you can double your revenue per user in that game. Right? So this is very, very impactful. And this is where it all started, right? In 2020, we started seeing that this was the impact. And so to my point earlier, it's not about selling Bitcoin. It's not about selling Lightning. It's not about selling rewards even. It's about selling better. KPIs. So, hey, introduce this payout mechanism, this rewards mechanism, and you will double your ARP DAO. You will double your revenue. You will increase your retention and you will reduce your churn. Games become profitable after they add Zebedee. That's a big, big statement. And that's a true statement that we've, we've been able to hold for all customers that have added it. And it started with gaming, right? And, and gaming has been great. And, and it's something that continues to grow. Something that is a little bit different than application development is games take a lot longer of a cycle. Games don't, you know, build for three months and iterate after they're released. They build for six, 12, 18 months, and then they release big, big features, right? So what you're about to see is actually your question was why it hasn't it picked up yet. And my answer is that it definitely has. It's just that it, there are at least 20 games that I see actively being developed that have this capability. And when I say 20 games, I don't mean 20 tiny mobile games. I mean, we have crossed the chasm into desktop games, into web experiences, 
and mobile, right? So it is coming and it is very much here. It's just the cycle for development for games is quite a bit longer than applications and, and platforms, right? So throughout the rest of 2023, you will see Zebedee and partners of ours announcing big activations and big game launches. And that should hopefully get you to understand that there's a lot happening behind the scenes. It's just not at the forefront yet. Now, this is, a, this is unbelievable. Yes, it, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating when we speak to folks because the reaction at first, uh, if you're selling Bitcoin, is very different than if you're selling what Bitcoin does for your does. business. That's the impact, right? I'm not interested in selling Bitcoin. Bitcoin sells itself. I'm interested in selling the impact that introducing Bitcoin has. And then what happened was everyone started seeing the impact on the gaming side. And we started getting knocks on our doors and said, hey, Remember, there weren't many providers at the time, and this is early 2020, mid-2020, 2021. You know, there were not many providers, API providers, are, are uh, some folks are very enthusiastic, enthusiasts, let's say. So they build a little API and they put it out, but it's not well-maintained. There's lots of compliance reg- concerns, right? Regulatory concerns. So what we've chosen to do is said, okay, look, we from the get-go are going to be a compliant, regulated, US-based company, right? So we have, we're an MSB, we have MTLs, like we are effectively able to provide this capability legally in a regulated manner. And so not only does that change the perception, because it's inherently that a public company would need certain capabilities and certain expectations like this, but it also allows us to expand quite a bit more outside of gaming, right? The reality is that folks started knocking on the door and said, Hey, your API is amazing, but I'm not a gamer or a game developer. Can I use it? And at first it was as a business, as, a, as an entrepreneur, one thing that you can't do is go too wide. If you go too wide and your sales funnel is not focused, you're going to have a very, very big sales funnel, but not many are going to convert, right? You need to be specialized in solving problems for individual customers. So at first we were hesitant in expanding and in opening and saying, look, the use case really is gaming and gamers. Then comes, I believe, mid 2021, uh, late 2021 enough knocks on the door started to sound. And we said, okay, maybe it's time. We started working towards our SaaS offering, which effectively automates the entirety of our applications into a way that anyone can sign up and get going with an API key. And we got a few launch partners, right? So most prominently, the very first launch partner of ours was Fountain. Fountain is the podcasting 2.0. I I believe Oscar has been a, a guest of yours. And Fountain is backed entirely by Zebedee infrastructure, and they don't worry about payments. They just plug an API and they process tens of millions of transactions on a monthly basis. So that was the very first intro into us expanding. And just, I believe, a month ago, we opened it to anything and everyone. So you can go to to Zebedee.io, sign up, get an API key, and start building applications and and systems, right? So it's, it's scaled quite well and quite drastically over the years. But really, it was, it was on a need basis. Enough folks are saying, hey, Andre, you are actually at the forefront of running tens of millions of transactions per month on Lightning. Like There are not many teams or companies doing this. I need this. Can I use it? Right? And, and we said, okay, it's time. We, we're now secure at a place where we believe it's time to open it. And that's where streaming money comes in. That's where all of these capabilities have popped up. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. 
Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Our friends at Coriant provide wealth management services centered around you. Coriant's goal is to exceed your expectations and simplify your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. They are one of the largest integrated fee-only U.S. registered investment advisors, and Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. They have extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. The teams at Coriant put the collective power of their expertise into building you the custom wealth, investment, and family office solutions that can help you reach your holistic financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, speak with an advisor today at Coriant.com. That's spelled C-O-R-I-E-N-T dot com. That's Corient dot com. When Rain Wilson had a great idea, he turned to AT&T Business. They assured him no matter how out there his idea may be, they had his back. So he came up with this, a talking pillow designed to put you to sleep, backed by a reliable network and the only network with built-in security controls. And thus, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your business to the next level at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. All right, back to the show. For people that are listening to this, maybe on the Apple podcast or whatever, so Fountain that Andre was talking about. So our show, people can listen to our show, this conversation right now on Fountain. And if they are, they've chosen to stream us, literally stream us sats, us money as they're listening to the show. So if they listen to 10 seconds of it, they're just streaming whatever the rate is that we have set there. They're streaming that for those 10 seconds. If they listen to the whole show, they're streaming throughout that entire period of time. And the model is to eventually do away with ads on a show so that people can just pay as they listen. I wanted to just just so people can understand like how like mind blowing this is. And the reason you can't do this with traditional finance is because you can't stream somebody a sure. 30th of a penny, right? <laughs> or listening for two seconds or whatever it might be. So that's why this is so revolutionary. When I'm, I'm trying to look at it from the gamer, like if I was a game developer and just kind of walking through the entire process and so people can kind of understand the service that you're providing, Andre. So let's say I created a game. I'm running ads every two minutes during that game in order to generate some type of revenue. So the, the person who's playing the game, say it's some 13-year-old kid, he downloads this game on his iPad. And are they then saying, this is my Bitcoin wallet where I would like to receive to participate in the, in the ad revenue? Uh, do they just give their lightning address of like where they can receive Bitcoin as they're playing the game? And then talk us through how the, the game developer is basically loading the Bitcoin to stream it to that person who's playing the game. Walk us through some of that, that architecture. Definitely. I'll do the consumer side first, since it's more attuned to the, to the audience. 
you download a game and you start playing, right? You don't need to enter anything and nothing. Usually you download a game and you pick up jams or coins or stones, right? And they just put plus one, right? In your little counter. Usually in the, it's entirely up to the game developer, how they actually implement Zebedee and the rewards into the actual fabric of the game. Mm-hmm. So some developers have it where as you complete tasks or beat the big boss, or, you know, you complete like a big stage of the game, you get a reward. And in that reward may be some gems, but you get five sats or 20 sats. Uh, and so it's part of the game. Some games like a, uh, like a Tetris style game, for example, uh, coin Mahjong is, is one that's powered by us. And, you know, if you get five uh, in a row, then you get a reward and it's, it's Bitcoin. And they just add a counter to it. So you get 10 sats, 20 sats, 50 sats. When you're ready to cash out or get your rewards, you click to withdraw. And then you lean on the fact that Bitcoin and Lightning are open networks and you just enter a Lightning address. It could be your Zebedee Lightning address. It could be any Lightning address, right? So the game developer is inherently interoperable with every wallet out there. They don't need to sit only with Zebedee. So they don't even force their users to use Zebedee. Some of them recommend Zebedee, right? Because they want that, you know, easy UX for customers. They want the continuity for the user experience, but it is very much not a requirement. And users have a lightning address and then they click withdraw or, or redeem, right? And they receive their sats and they go on about their day. So on the developer side, uh, on the consumer side, it's very straightforward. It's, it's actually not, it's an additive experience, right? You can still play most of the games without actually ever interacting with the Bitcoin. It's just that now your rewards and your points have value and you can take them out. And similar to what you're saying, it's inherently impossible to do in fiat terms because have you ever bought anything less than a dollar online with a credit card? Yeah, that's not a thing, right? And I think the cheapest thing is actually the apps in the app store on iPhones because it's like 99 cents or or 69 cents. That's the lowest threshold. It hits your bank account and it's a dollar 30. Okay. It is not 99 cents. And so it is infeasible, impossible to send two sats, five sats. This is, you know, hundreds of a cent, uh, hundreds of fractions of a cent. Then on the developer side, the way this works. Andre, real fast and and not to mention. So everything you just said, plus you can be anywhere in the world. It does not matter where your jurisdiction, you could be VPNing in via the game to whatever a domain or locale in the world that you want. And these things are still withdrawable where like if you're dealing with dollars, maybe you can only do that in the US or you can only do it over in the EU if you're dealing with if you're in if you're in a game developer in Brazil and you integrate rewards with Brazilian reais, great. You have a 220 million addressable user base of potentially Brazilians who have access to Brazilian fiat rails. But if you introduce Bitcoin, how many people in the world are there? Seven plus billion. So like that is now your addressable market. What's interesting is the impact of these microtransactions, right? So these are micro, micro, nano transactions even, but the impact that they have is actually macro. We've seen gamers in Brazil pay rent, pay groceries, pay bills by playing games. It's not, it's not a life-changing money necessarily, right? I don't want to suggest that people should work on this, but it is something that makes a very large impact. And when you combine that with depreciating and this is your bread and butter depreciating fiat economies and how their currencies are being debased. You look at Brazilian reais. Brazil has gone through six different monies over the past 60 plus years. So they are very keen on getting the next money. It's fine. You know, this is it. And it is more, you know, it's better. It's, it's easier to use online. 
So now on the developer side, again, very simple. Go to Zebedee.io, sign up. You create a game in a project in the, in the dashboard, and you can top it up with Bitcoin. So in the dashboard, you could even deposit Bitcoin. You could you know, do the whole flow. You could also buy Bitcoin in the dashboard. So you can top it up with your credit card. And so as a developer, you have all of the tools at your disposal. And then you use one of our SDKs, one of our APIs. So we have a Rust SDK, we have a, a Node SDK, we have a Unity SDK. So we come to where you are in your environment. So if you're building a game in Unity, we're there. You're building a server-side application in Node.js, we're there with you. And it's as simple as zbd.sendpayment, zbd.getlightningaddress, right? It's very readable. It's very simple. Anyone can get started. And once you've loaded some Bitcoin in your project wallet, you can start dishing it out to any users in the world, right? So it's, it's really that simple and it's free. I forgot to say that's important. It's entirely free. You can sign up and get going. If you're building an application that is going to scale, we will grow with you. So there, we have a tiered system. We have a pro tier starting at 50 bucks a month. We have a startup tier starting at 500 bucks a month. And if you're building larger enterprises, right, we have enterprise customers. We are able to create custom tiers for you, but it is free for any hobby developer to get started. And you're able to create projects, get API keys and start sending money globally. So it's, it's really that simple. And the service that you guys are providing in the back end that they might not, you know, a listener that's not intimately familiar with Lightning, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are doing all the channel management right. inside of Lightning. So w- is there any other things beyond the channel management that I'm just kind of like waving my hands and like, this is what you guys are doing? <laughs> like, tell the audience what, what it is you guys are, are providing in the background as a service to them that makes it all turnkey. It's actually a fascinating thing because we abstract so much out of it that it becomes so simple that I love it, right? I use our APIs to build tools and applications and things. And it sort of blows my mind that two years ago or a year ago, this was a completely different landscape. In Lightning, just to very briefly go over, in Lightning, this is a on, always online liquidity network, right? So it requires constant management. Uh, we don't run one node, we run tens of nodes. We don't deploy liquidity manually in opening channels here and there. We have automated systems to this. Uh, we need to have high availability servers. So if a server crashes, we need another one to spin up. Uh, we need an entire automation around backups and channel management, data storage, right? All of this is handled, right? We've spent countless resource hours, engineering hours, automating all of these processes. So it's amazing to me that uh, when folks start saying, oh, it's so simple. I say, yes, it's, it's so simple now. Uh, it, it was not simple. Okay. Like it used to take hundreds of lines of code to send a payment. And I guess now it's, you know, ZBD send payment, right? Um, yeah. So it's a lot under the hood. And we have a very robust infrastructure, sysops and security teams that manage all of this. So you don't worry about liquidity concerns. You don't worry about your payment failing. We have 97 plus percent plus payment success rate in the network. It's really only if you're paying to, you know, the really, really far edge nodes that we would run into any issue. So there's a lot that happens behind the scenes that's, that's automated for the customers. As a person that set up my own node and opened like a hundred channels and then tried to manage the liquidity of these channels, I can tell you from my own personal experience that it's not something that you're just going to do. And, and it's easy, like it, especially for somebody that's not technically competent, like myself. Really depends so, on the use case. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If it's yeah. a, Things to toy around, if it's to learn, if it's to get yeah. engaged, 
Absolutely. If you're running a business, you're now it's, it's akin to, hey, I want to run a mom and pop shop to sell T-shirts. Let me just go and become a payment gateway. That, that's a really big overhead. It depends on the use case. Uh, I run nodes myself. But to your point, I'm very technical, right? And, and I'm able to do that. Most people are. So I, I think it's important to have options. If there ever wanted to be a comedy for technical people, it would have just been a camera over my shoulder, just watching my actions on the computer. People would really get <laughs> it'd be a top notch comedy for folks. Hey, so there's there's a huge development in social media happening right now, Andre, with uh, Noster. I had Will Kasserin on probably back at the beginning of the year talking about what he's doing with Damus and this is a huge breakthrough. So from your vantage point, tell people why you think Noster is a really big deal, how it potentially complements Bitcoin and how you guys are treating this as a company kind of moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think it may make sense to go a little bit back into the history of Noster and explaining a, a bit of how it all came about, seeing that we were, I have been a privileged participant in this whole journey. So for context, uh, Zebedee is our enterprise solution software company, right? We have both B2C and B2B products. And at our core, we have this API platform. But primarily the API platform does you know, a, a set full of things, but it consumes open networks. It consumes Bitcoin and it consumes Lightning Network and it consumes open source software, right? So as a technologist, as a product builder, as a developer, it was always really important for me and for my teams that we support open source. We support open development. We support innovation. Early on in the company, we started with what was internally known as ZBD Labs. Uh, eventually, it became ZBD OSS for open source. But then we said, look, this is growing too much. It's now time for us to make this into an organization. Let's deploy resources, both capital and human resources to them to this organization. And so we created from ZBD, we created NBD, right? NBD stands for no big deal. It's our open source arm. And so, and whereas ZBD has products that are revenue generating and are searching for customers, NBD just puts out code. And the announcement I said, NBD has no uh, KPIs. NBD has no deadlines. We just put out sovereign software to the world, right? Our lead engineer and our lead open source developer is Fiat Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, for those who don't know, is a very prolific developer in the Bitcoin Lightning ecosystem. And he has been with us for well over three years now. And one thing that I've, I've been able to do is identify, I pride myself in doing, I guess, is identify individuals who show a lot of drive, ambition, and, and ability to deliver on really challenging times, innovative, and very, I guess, challenging really is the word, right? To, you know, you're... As a developer, usually you run into a problem, you Google it, or nowadays, I guess you chat GPT it, right? Or Stack Overflow. You know, with Lightning and with things like Noster, there was no one that had gone through that before. So you need to be at the forefront and, and ready to get your hands dirty. I pride myself in, in finding those folks and really enabling them. And Fiat Jaff was one of them. And so I brought him onto Zebedee uh, early on. He worked on a lot of things in the, in the Zebedee ecosystem, uh, you know, core to Zebedee. But very early on, I said, hey, man, you need to be doing open source. And from that, I think lots of things like LN URLs, like Lightning Address came around. Uh, these are things that we have built and, and integrated with. And he said, hey, I want to try and solve this problem. And we said, great, go ahead. I believe in you. Let's do it. 
So Fiatraf, lo and behold, goes and spends a weekend and comes out and says, here's a little thing that I've been trying to build. As with any standard, standards online are just standards. They're nothing. It's just, here's a set of instructions. Every standard needs network effects. You need participants to, to participate. And with Nostr being released in uh, late 2020, it actually just saw organic growth for a good two years. It didn't really see, it was organic. Folks were getting involved, interested. And because of the relationship with Bitcoin, there were a lot of Bitcoin developers into that space. So it was very, very easy to see the combination of both. It wasn't until December of 2022 that uh, Jack Dorsey got a whiff Nostr and then reached out to Fiat Jaff and said, hey, I want to donate money to you. Fiat Jaff reached out to me. I remember him sending me a screenshot of the message from Jack on Twitter. And he's like, is this fake? Right. And, I, yeah. and I'm like, I, I don't know. It looks real. So that's where it sort of you know, began. And then December 2022, from till now, I think things have just skyrocketed both on the terms of, of funding developers for the space, but also just applications, clients, relays, every single sort of software has been developed around Nostr now. And you know, I, I believe there are now over hundreds of thousands of users using the platform at scale. Nostr is very different because it is, I guess, touching on some of the things that I've, I've done in the past in terms of presentations. I've been able to dumb down these, I don't love the term dumb it down, but I don't, you know, you dumb it down the terms and, and, and the architectural details in a way that folks can understand. I use the, the sense of emailing to really get the idea across. So okay. Preston probably used Gmail. I may use Outlook. My cousins could use Yahoo. And, you know, you could use any email out there and it's a different email provider. It's a different email client but they all subscribe to the same protocol, the same simple mail transfer protocol. And that's why messages can be exchanged regardless of where you are, regardless of server or client you're using. In social media environments and communication environments nowadays, you need a Twitter account to talk to your Twitter friends. You need a Facebook account to use Facebook. You need a TikTok and then Snapchat and Instagram. And you keep going, right? There's what, 50 of them at least. And on, as an aside, you now have password manager problems because you need to... You know, you can't repeat passwords. It's insecure and so forth. So let's imagine a world where my account on Twitter could log me into Facebook. My account on Twitter could post on TikTok, right? And so if these applications were clients of a protocol, just like emails work, you would see a plethora of activity because now it's all interoperable, right? That's why email is so prevalent. As a developer, emails are extremely outdated. The code that goes into emails display, the rendering of emails is from 1995. Okay. It's, it's very outdated, but it's abundant because it is the single interoperable way to communicate with everyone in the world. And it's still here and it's 2023. So Nostr could disrupt that on the social media side. With Nostr, you create Aiken to Bitcoin. You have a public and a private key, right? And you're able, that's your identity. And you're able to take that and log in on any client on any experience. So I could log into a Twitter-esque experience and I could take my followers and my lists and my follow count and I could go over to my other Instagram-like experience with the same followers, with the same individuals, right? So it's, it's really the interoperability that's really impactful. And because of the way the architecture of Nostr works, there's two parts that are really interesting to me. One is it's extremely simple. I was talking about standards and how Bitcoin is very complicated, right? It's complicated for many reasons, but it is complicated. 
And so it's important that we, we bring the developer closer to that ecosystem so they can build applications. Nostr, on the other hand, is extremely simple. It's one event, right? It's one single object that defines events. These are the names of posts, right? So if you're making a post on Nostr, that's an event. If you're updating your profile image, that's an event, right? And so it's extremely simple for developers to get started which meant that hundreds of developers have already gotten involved and have already been building. So that's one piece. The other piece is around Nostr's big censorship-resistant capability, which is very akin to Bitcoin's values, which is the notion that you know, if Twitter doesn't like what I'm saying, Twitter can just ban my account. On Nostr, the way it works is if XYZ client doesn't like what I'm saying, or if XYZ server or relay doesn't like what I'm saying, I can take my keys and I can go to another one. And if they don't like what I'm saying, I can go to yet another one, right? And I can host my own if I want to. And everyone could still read my messages and everyone could still interact with me. So the optionality akin to Bitcoin, you can hold your Bitcoin, you can use hundreds of different wallets, right? With Nostr, you could self-host your Nostr Relay and clients. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. If you're looking for the right franchise concept at the right time, an iFlex Stretch Studio franchise is the business for you. iFlex is the newest franchise concept from the founders of the Joint Chiropractic. With over 200 licenses already awarded to our regional developers, there's never been a better time to own an iFlex franchise in your market. An iFlex Stretch Studio franchise offers its clients the best in professional-assisted stretching for one affordable price in one beautiful location. Even the Mayo Clinic says stretching can increase flexibility and improve your joint's range of motion, helping you move more freely. Prime regional developer opportunities and franchise locations are going fast. Don't miss this opportunity to get into this rapidly growing health and wellness business from the founders of the Joint Chiropractic. Find out more today. Call 888-994-3500. 539 or visit iflexpodcast.com. Call right now, 888-994-3539 or visit iflexpodcast.com. Kyle, you're connected with a ton of different investors and portfolio managers, and you're just really in the know on a lot of these things. How do you keep up with all the day-to-day headlines for your portfolio companies? Yeah, so I used to have a ton of issues with this, and that was until I started using Yahoo Finance. Really? What's so great about it? So Yahoo Finance is awesome. I have my whole portfolio entered and I can easily see all the top headlines to keep up with the recent news. And each day you get an overview of the major global events that might be moving the market. So I'm ready to easily pounce on any opportunities that come my way. What else can you do on Yahoo Finance's platform? They also have a number of cool features, including a tool that lets you link all of your investment accounts, analyst ratings, and independent research, as well as the ability to create customized charts. Well, now I know that the audience is really going to love this one. And I actually see they have 90 million monthly active users. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. As many of you know, I love studying businesses and networking with business owners. The more I've studied businesses, the more I've realized that starting and scaling your business is easier than ever because of companies like Shopify. Did you know that Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S.? Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify even helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. What I personally love about Shopify is that it's the turnkey solution to kickstart and grow your business, and they are totally committed to giving you the necessary tools to succeed as a business owner. Plus, they have an award-winning customer support team there to help you every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash WSB. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash WSB now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash WSB. All right, back to the show. I've got a question for you on this. So my, when you were going through it, and I love the analogy you're using between email and then on the social layer, but I was immediately thinking, well, why can't we just do what we're doing on Noster with the email protocol, with the SMTP protocol? And I think it's getting, I th- I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a lot of the servers that are providing the SMTP protocol to users, end users, is captured or it's centralized, which doesn't give a person this type of flexibility of being quote unquote canceled. So is, is that what it is that, I, that makes it different? Let me, let me explain a little bit more. I guess with emails, you can self-host your email, right? You can run an email server. It is very cumbersome and complex, right? It is not something that anyone just does. It's not, you know, click and get started. So that's one piece. The other piece is with something as ossified as SMTP, if you were to introduce a new version of SMTP or a new addition to the protocol or a new thing, you now need every major institution, every major email provider. We're talking about Google. We're talking about Yahoo. You need to convince those folks to mm. change the protocol and now adopt this new... Because it, it doesn't... Again, standards are just instructions. I could write a new instruction, but if no one else in the email protocol is following the instruction then it, it never came to fruition, right? So mm-hmm. it's a much higher barrier to entry when we say let's evolve a protocol that is ossified, then let's create something new that has different features and different capabilities. Could we evolve SMTP? Theoretically, yes, we could take SMTP and evolve it. I don't think it would be a perfect fit, but you could always build upon standards. It's just a much higher lift. We're talking about you know, the entirety of the internet from applications, systems, you know, backends, they're all aware of emails in this way to introduce something new. That's a very big change. And so that's why we wouldn't want to pursue that angle. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And what's interesting. So like I run an Umbral and they rolled out, Hey, run your own Nostra relay on Umbral Mm -hmm. for your personal account so that you could never be canceled. And it was so turnkey. I just exactly. I clicked a couple buttons and I was like, wow, this is some serious like freedom tech as far as like uh, exactly. keeping your, your, your messages. As you're looking at this new protocol and what appears to be something that's just growing like wildfire globally right now, how do you see that from a Zebedee standpoint of a business opportunity? Or do you see this as a business opportunity using Bitcoin with Noster and, and whatnot? 
Yeah, so going back to the NBD, our open source arm, the reality is that when open networks are thriving and are growing, things like Bitcoin, things like Lightning Network, we are at a place where uh, they can compound. So if we're able to get Bitcoin and Lightning to work in a Nostra environment, we have two open networks, decentralized networks that can grow organically and in their own merits, but they can enable capabilities that couldn't have been possible before. A thing that, that's very key to Bitcoin is everyone, for, like there has been, what, 14 years now that millions of people now have Bitcoin addresses. They have Lightning wallets, they have Bitcoin wallets, but it's not easy to send to each other, right? Because I need to say, hey, Preston, I need to understand where's your wallet? Can you send me a QR code of some kind so that I can find you, right? Nostr provides a discoverability layer for Bitcoin enabled identities. So you are an identity, a, a digital nomad, right? You're a person on the internet. You have a wallet, but you haven't been able to advertise to tell people that this is my wallet. Now there's a medium for it. So where we see that is, again, Zebedee consumes open networks. So we consume Bitcoin, we consume Lightning. We are now consuming Nostr. The way we see it is gaming and online experiences are inherent and social experience are inherently social, right? You need people to interact. It's not just you and a game or you and a robot. You want you and other players. You want you and other friends. You want you and your mates playing something or learning something. So uh, at the Zebedee side on the consumer business, we have the ZBD app. That's where folks learn about new games. That's where they get involved with, you know, podcasting systems. That's where they, you know, discover monetized experiences online. And it's a full-blown Bitcoin Lightning wallet in there. It was inherently to us uh, that we needed to bring a social aspect to this. And we were always going to build it. And then in, you know, as soon as December last year, things exploded, right? And Nostr kind of grew. It's awesome that we're now able to be talking to you about this because we have just released the new version of the ZBD app. The ZBD app now has a massive social part of it. It's a very big ZBD app upgrade. We are rolling out the alpha access right now. So go to zbd.gg and sign up for the waitlist. We're letting people in in the thousands every week. There's a lot of interest. And what this means is that any developer or any user or any gamer or any person out there can sign up to the ZBD app and get started with both Bitcoin and Nostr. You get a social identity that is monetized. And for us, the angle here is to disrupt monetization schemes that exist nowadays. If you look into the way the current monetization works in digital uh, content creation scheme, right? Revenue sharing and, and brand deals is really how it works. If you're a, you know, 100,000 plus influencer on Instagram or on Facebook or on Snapchat or on TikTok, sorry, you're able to monetize that through brand partnerships or, or advertisements or so on. But not only do they take a hefty cut, right? OnlyFans takes 20%, Patreon takes 15%. Twitter and, and Substack take 10%, right? So the content creator economy online is not ripe for it. And Nostra and Bitcoin are here to solve that problem. With Nostra and Bitcoin in the ZBD app, you maintain 99% of your earnings, right? You're able to put out content that is consumed by the entirety of the world, regardless of where they are in the world, which jurisdiction they are, which fiat money they use. They're able to get Bitcoin and they're able to zap you. They zap two cents, or $2,000, right? It's really up to you how that works. And so uh, by disrupting this, this content monetization online, 
I believe this is going to foster lots of innovation, lots of creativity, lots of new things. Keep 99% of your value. That's a big deal. The second one is encrypted DMs with payments. This is something that has not been here. It's 2023. We have Bitcoin. We should be able to send messages around the world. We should be able to send money around the world. With the new ZBD app, you can do that. You can sign up and you can send messages akin to how you do with Twitter DMs, akin to how you do with Instagram. But money is part of the fabric of your experience. And specifically to us, uh, the ZBD app has lots of ways for you to earn Bitcoin. A big hurdle for folks is to buy Bitcoin, to get Bitcoin, right? And you have to get an exchange account and you have to buy Bitcoin and you get a, a debit card. That's very cumbersome. For us, Bitcoin needs to be a simple, it needs to be cool, it needs to be friendly. So you download ZBD, you're able to download games or apps or engage in experiences where you earn Bitcoin. And once you earn that Bitcoin, you're then able to interact with others in the social environment, right? So you can zap each other, you can like each other's posts. Once you've done that, you've arrived at an ecosystem of value-driven engagement instead of just likes and retweets, which feed an algorithm, right? We want valued engagement with folks. We don't want just random numbers being thrown around. So the ZBD app is that entry point for everyone. And you can get started today at zbd.gg and signing up for the waitlist. Love it. Love it. So Andre, uh, I prepping for the thing I, for this interview, um, I saw you were asked to be a speaker at MIT. Having seen some of the things that you've done in the space, you're a very successful entrepreneur and builder, like a true builder in this space. We have a lot of people, young people that listen to the show that might want to become an entrepreneur. What type of entrepreneurial guidance or advice do you have for people to just basically be an A player like yourself to be out there right. just crushing it and making moves? Like what's, what's your advice to these people? I actually gave, uh, so my talks at MIT are great. I highly recommend. I discussed the lightning address and the other one I discussed Noster. Very highly recommend those two talks. I also gave a, a recent talk at the Wolf NYC cohort of founders. Uh, these are, uh, for those that don't know, these are Lightning and Bitcoin founders going through an incubator process. And in that talk, I, I touched on this, right? Things that as a founder, you should be aware of and so on. I think three themes come up to mind and I'll, I'll quickly go through them. The first one being, it's a massive leap. I talked about it in the beginning. I had a, I had a great job, right? And, and it was great. I love my job, love the people I work with. When it bites, you know that it bites and you know that you need it, it. There's an itch that you have to scratch. You will not be able to scratch that itch until you take that leap. Okay. Uh, if that's your feeling, you are the entrepreneur type and you want to scratch that itch and you will have to take that leap eventually. It's scary and it may not seem like the right move, but it is, it is that moment. And on the, once you take that leap, you feel that relief. You don't even know if it's going to pan out, but I did what I wanted to do. I challenged myself. Of course, run through your cases, run through your, your best case scenario, worst case scenario. I'm not saying just, just go for it, but follow your gut, follow your intuition. And, and it is always a leap. If it doesn't feel like a leap, it's probably not a big deal enough. So that's one, one piece that I mentioned. The second piece is it's so much more work than you can imagine. You're going to do <laughs> so many things that you had never expected. I'm a CTO but I'm arguably the CPO of the company and I'm arguably, you know, involved in every facet of the company from the marketing to strategy to, uh, I do customer support. I have a team of 73 people in the company remotely distributed and I still do customer support, Preston. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important. Everyone sees that in the company, like we're all working towards the same mission. So you will do things 
Like my VP of engineering was our video recorder in our VR chat room. Do you see what I mean? Like that is yeah, not a VP yeah. of engineering role, but everyone is willing to do that. So as a startup builder, you're going to put your big boy pants on or your big girl pants on, and it's going to be a long ride and, and you're going to do many things you do not expect. And then last but not least, I think uh, it's really important that if you are the entrepreneur type like myself and the builder type, you need to understand that work is life and life is work, right? So you need to get that boundaries. I have very few boundaries. Work is life and life is work for me. And maybe that's why it works, but it affects people. It affects your relationships. It affects, you know, your business to take that into account. It's not a light thing. Everyone says that, but it's, it shouldn't be taken as a light thing. It's you will work, right? It's going to be many, many hours. And so take that into account, but nothing will ever scratch that itch until you go and, and build the thing that you want to build. So I, I highly recommend, and it's amazing to be at a position like I am with a team with a company, with many products. It's a dream come true. And I really highly recommend everyone to attempt it. Any tips? So those are amazing. Any, any tips for people on focusing on the right thing? Because well, one thing I see that's really common with entrepreneurs or people that are trying to become an entrepreneur is they've got these ideas and you know, having built something historically, you, sometimes you can just look at it and be like, well, that's a huge hurdle and you might be biting off too much. You talked about a little bit earlier in the conversation with like being too broad when you come into market. What tips do you have for people to help focus in on where they should be focusing their energy and making sure that they're not biting off too much or that they're too narrow uh, and it's not even really a business. It's just more of like a, a small yeah. niche idea. How do you, how do you, what advice do you have on that front? So focus is really important. I'm glad you're touching on this. It's something that as a builder, you feel like you can just, oh, I, I can do it. You know, don't worry, I'm going to handle this. And, and as, a, as a builder, like a developer, you really feel that you can do that mm -hmm. um, because you feel like you can solve all your problems with engineering solutions. And that's not the case. You really need to focus on what you can build. I, I voiced similar feedback to those at the, at the Wolf NYC cohort, which was, look, you need to pick where you are going to be the best. So if you're building a gaming platform that allows for money to flow in that platform, Great. Are you going to be the best money provider or are you going to be the best gaming platform? So be the best gaming platform and plug in a money provider. If you're going to be an exchange of, of some kind, okay, I need licenses. Great. So that's going to be your focus. Don't do that and mining and this and that, right? Like you need to find your moat, your big moat. And once you have that moat and once you have that focus and that level of notoriety and trustworthiness in that vertical, Okay, find another moat. You have, you've excelled in this vertical, move on. If you attempt to bite too many of these, these you know, whatever analogy we want to create here, uh, if you attempt to go through too many of these, the, similar to the sales cycle, right? If it's too broad, you will fail. You will not find that one moat and you will be a generalist good company in many fronts, but no one will come to you because you are the best. And people come to the best. They don't come to the third best or the fifth best or the generalist. They come for the best. So if I want payments online, I go to stripe.com because that's the best right now. If I want lightning payments, I go to Zebedee because that's the best, right? So you need to find what your moat is and not go too broad. And otherwise you're going to, you're not going to meet those numbers. Focus where you're at and then evolve. So what I recommend to folks that are very hardcore Bitcoiners that want to do their own payment gateway capabilities is don't start from that from scratch. Use an API provider so that you can build the best user experience for your app, for your platform, for your user base. 
And then when you're ready and you have that, okay, I want to self-host and do all the payment capability ourselves. Great. Disconnect that API and do it yourself because you've now excelled at your moat. So definitely focusing. And I think one way to just describe that is for our launch at the ZBD app, instead of building all of those capabilities that we want inside of the app, there are things that we're doing with launch partners. So Fountain is a launch partner of ours. Wavelake is a launch partner of ours. So if you post Wavelake links of music links into the ZBD app in your social feed, Zebedee is able to pick that up. And once you zap someone, it automatically splits between the artist and the poster of that post, right? We are not the ones doing the music piece here. We are interacting with an open standard of, of music that allows us to interact. So we're not trying to become the music moat. That's not our moat. Our moat is social and payments, right? So let's interact. And so they are, Wavelake is focused on music. Fountain is focused on podcasting. Let's leverage those. And that's what we've done for the launch partners. Find good partners as you continue growing. And then eventually you could build moat your, of your own in that industry. It feels like we're just so early in where mm-hmm. this is potentially going. So like my last question for you, Andre, is just five years from now, what does this look like? 10 years from now, what, when do you think that we that things start kind of hitting a critical mass time-wise? And then like, what does that just describe this world to us that, that, you, that you envisioned like five years from now? Yeah, it's funny because I've been living in a lightning monetized enabled world for many years. I use lightning every single day, hundreds of times. And some folks see that as weird because wait, you make hundreds of payments like every day. That sounds cumbersome. I said, no, that's because you're thinking credit card payments. You're thinking cumbersome payments. You're, you're not saying click a button and the payment has gone globally to the other side of the world. Right. And so I have been living in this world for like four plus years now. And I would say that every year that goes by, it gets to the point where it's much easier to sell, to talk and to introduce this technology to everyone. When I used to talk about Bitcoin and Lightning four years ago, it was, you know, who are you? You're kind of weird. Now it's, oh, yeah, I've heard of this. And some folks even come to me saying, hey, I read a book about Lightning. That's very interesting that you've been doing this for four years. So in the five year cycle, I would love to say that Bitcoin is omnipresent, right? It's everywhere. Everyone has Bitcoin. And I really do believe that that's going to be the case in the next five to 10. And I believe that's something as crucial as a discovery layer, communications layer like Noster can enable that to catapult and to really hit that inflection point. Because I go back to the point, you have a wallet, a Bitcoin wallet. I have a Bitcoin wallet. It is not easy for you and I to interact and transact. But if you have a Noster client with a wallet attached to it, now I can send you money the same way that I send you messages or any emails, right? So this is something that is very powerful. Uh, I think in the five years, I would love to say that Noster has a very active multi-multi-million user active base. Um, and I actually believe that Noster's, Noster will become many digital economies in and of themselves because folks will interact on music, on art, on gaming, on social experiences. And so folks will be earning, they will be selling, they will be buying, they will be trading. Everything will be happening in that sphere. I would love to say that at the five to 10 year mark, everyone has Bitcoin and everyone has Nostra clients. It remains to be seen. I think it's definitely a challenge in and of itself. Network effects have to play out and you know standards are hard to just grow. But as someone who has both human resources with the company of 70 plus people, capital resources with our fundraising, 
the right mindset and the right engineers, I really feel like we could make a dent and make an impact in pushing this forward. And our goal is to make Bitcoin approachable, easy, cool, something that anyone, whether you're Joe Schmo down the street, whether you're Ed Smith from the corner, like you can get started with Bitcoin and then you can go down your own journey. If you want to learn about self-custody, yes, you should do that. Let's go for it. If you want to learn about running your own servers, let's go for that. But it needs to be easy. If it's not easy and abstracted away, folks will not interact with it. So it'll be everywhere. And I, I think I'm betting everything on the fact that it'll be everywhere. My entire life is Bitcoin. And now it's very much Nostra as well. So it's great to be at the forefront pioneering these, these technologies. So as you were talking, I went to Damus, which is Nostra. Yeah. I just typed in your name and I clicked on the little lightning bolt with it was right next to your name. Oh. <laughs> and I got a thousand sats here, right? I'm going to nice. send. And just to kind of demo for people, I just sent you a thousand sats. You didn't tell me your, you didn't tell me your bank address. You didn't tell me anything. I don't know where you're at in the world right now. There you go. I and just there, received money. And there you go. You just got the thousand sats that I just sent you. And we did not have to tell each other anything. Nothing. Nothing. And I just Absolutely. sent you 27 cents. And I don't even know where you are. Big in the spender. World. Big spender. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, in my talk, I mentioned this. I zap, uh, in my talk, I zap Jack Dorsey 5,000 sats and I stop and then I say, I don't know where he is in the world. I don't know what wallet he's using. I don't know what Nostra client he's using. I know nothing. The only yeah. thing I know is one single identifier and I can send you money globally. I think it's just the beginning of a very disruptive set of years for, for social media, for communications online, for monetization schemes. I really think, you know, folks monetizing their content online through Nostra is going to change the landscape. Wow. Super <laughs> impressive to talk to us, to you. And uh, this was a real honor for me just to be able to have this conversation. And I'm just thoroughly impressed with uh, well, people you. talk about builders in the space. You, sir, are one hell of a builder. And this was a real <laughs> pleasure to talk to you. No, thanks, Preston. Again, it's an honor to be here. It was great to chat at the in Orlando conference. I'm glad we got the chance to connect here further and, and explore more of these ideas. I look forward to the next one. I'm sure we're going to be chatting a lot more. Yes, for sure. We'll have links in the show notes to everything that Andre mentioned during the show. Anything else you want to highlight, Andre? Uh, we'll also have your your Twitter profile, your Nostra profile there. There you go. I was going to say. They yeah, can send you a thousand sats too if they want. Hey, I was going to say, if, uh, if folks want to get involved, let's go to zbd.gg for the app. And for those builders that want to build with Bitcoin, with Noster, go to zebedee.io for your API keys. It's free for everyone to get started. So we're open and we're here to help you grow. I love it. All right, Andre, thank awesome. you, sir. No, thanks, Preston. This was, it was an honor. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. I'm going to tell all my friends, they all follow your show. And so I'm like, hey, I'm going to be on that show now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great. If you guys enjoyed this conversation, be sure to follow the show on whatever podcast application you use. Just search for We Study Billionaires. The Bitcoin specific shows come out every Wednesday, and I'd love to have you as a regular listener. If you enjoyed the show or you learned something new or you found it valuable, if you can leave a review, we would really appreciate that. And it's something that helps others find the interview in the search algorithm. So anything you can do to help out with a review, we would just greatly appreciate. And with that, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to TIP. To access our show notes, courses, or forums, go to theinvestorspodcast.com. 
This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by the Investors Podcast Network. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.